Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Sympathies. Oh, oh, my brother. Okay, okay. Please answer as as he comes, so that it shouldn't be seen as if I'm gagging my colleague here. Chairman, okay, go ahead. Chairman, go ahead. Yeah. I think uh, he answered the first leg of the question yes. by alluding to the fact that his entire family yes. are members of the UP <coughs> tradition since time immemorial. You understand? And then I asked a specific question. You've been dreaming about the dress. Come find the one at David's Bridal. The most glamorous designer wedding gowns are now 15% off. Bridesmaid dresses that fit beautifully start around $99. Whether you need a veil, jewelry, shoes, or even lingerie and shapewear, it's all at David's Bridal. Take 20% off outfit-making accessories for a limited time. Stop by your local David's Bridal store or shop davidsbridal.com today. Terms and conditions apply. Relative to his membership with the MPP, just because of the statement here, unless you are telling me that the statement here is not factual. You can be a member of MPP without being a card-bearing member of MPP. There's a difference. Uh, so that, that is a slight difference. So I, want I, wanted, to... I wanted the witness, a lawyer, an experienced police officer. No, they, it, it has consequences for him. You see, you see we, we, I mean, the chair to... Uh, protect the witness as well because it has serious consequences for, for him and, 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 and you know so, so please you, you, can, you can ask another question because this is fairly serious uh, because when you say is a card bearing member of the <laughs> then that is serious yes. you, you want to say he's a political activist in the police service that is serious 
No, no, no. He has more questions. I know him. Please proceed. Please proceed. Let, let a member of the committee proceed with further questions. Mr. Chairman, I thank you very much. But I also entreat you with all respect. We all like the way you are chairing this committee. Very fair to all of us. And therefore, I will entreat that when I pose harmless questions, <laughs> the witness, the witness should be allowed to answer those questions. Otherwise, it will appear that uh, you don't want us to ask all the, you know, critical you questions. You, you anyway, have, let me proceed. Yes, you have the liberty to ask questions. Yes. And he's been giving you some hints now that, that some, no, 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 you listen. If you listen to him, he said, I won't answer this question. The right remains silent. And so where he wants to answer, I let him answer. But you see, this particular one with the greatest of respect, it has far-reaching consequences. And bear in mind, uh, uh, they have to settle uh, um, his monies and the rest of it, you know. So what he says here could be a weapon. He's going to retire with benefits. But if they should challenge him, now look, this guy's, uh, it could be something else, you know. I crave indulgence. But I will never guard a member of this committee from asking questions. So please, you can proceed. You can Mr. Chairman, proceed. Mr. Chairman, thank you very much. There is also a statement here. Having been captured as a statement from the witness, yes, he is aware. I told him General Secretary, if you don't take care, you take the party to opposition. The next elections, you lose because you came when we are in power and you couldn't help us the way we want. I gave him all there. Yes. Did you make the statement? Mr. Chairman, for all due respect, I wouldn't want to answer this question. Thank you. You see, Commissioner, this particular statement is on the tape. This part, what, what he was trying to, I mean, bring your attention to is your voice recording. Are you distancing yourself from your own voice? That's what it means, you know. So please, did you say this or not? Mr. Chairman, I want him to repeat the question. I should repeat the question. You, you stated that I'm quoting exactly what you said, verbatim quotation. Yes, he's aware. I told him, General Secretary, if you don't take care, you take the party to opposition and you'll be the West General Secretary. The next elections, you will lose because you came when we are in power and you couldn't help us the way we want. I gave him all the, 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 and I asked whether you made the statement. 
Mr. Chairman, yes, I did. And so when you said you came when we were in power, what exactly were you referring to? Mr. Chairman, I was referring to the General Secretary's party. That's the MPP. That's the MPP, is that correct? That is so. And then when you said we, you meant that you were part of the MPP, is that correct? I am a sympathizer of the MPP. So you are not a member, you are a sympathizer. Is that what you're saying to this committee? Yes, Mr. Chairman. I've said it already. Okay. We want the record to capture that today you have indicated to us that you are not a member of the MPP but a sympathizer. I want that to reflect on our records. <coughs> Again, you also spoke about the relationship between the current IGP, Dr. Dampare, and Professor John Atamels of Blessed Memory. Is that also correct? Mr. Chair, I don't remember that. Maybe if you can tell me what I said. Then. It is also captured on the, in the audio that you stated that uh, IGP Dampari was close to Professor Atamis. Is that correct? Mr. Chairman, that is true and that is a fact. So you said that? That is true and that is a fact. And that IGP Dampari was promoted about people like you, just because of his proximity to Professor Mills and the NDC, is that correct? Such a man, I don't remember saying that. In the audio, you stated that yes, his rank was given to him by the LDC. That is why he became the senior. Is that correct? That is so. You said it. That is so. Okay. And then you also indicated that IGP Dampari had been the Director General of Finance for seven good years. Even when Atanos died in Mohammed's time, he was still the Director General of Finance. That was the period he was promoted to assistant commissioner, to deputy commissioner, and then to commissioner. Is that also correct? Mr. Chairman, that is so, but there is something wrong. Can you correct it? Sir, that was the period he was promoted to deputy commissioner and commissioner, but he was already an assistant commissioner. Oh, okay. Okay. So all these promotions happened during the time of the NDC? That is so. Is that the reason why you think that IGP Dampare is pursuing, is taking actions 
that is aligned, actions that can be aligned to the interests of the NDC. Is that the reason? The chairman, for all due respect, I don't want to answer this question. Is it because you know the truth and you are hiding it from the committee by saying, I don't want to answer? Is it a way of hiding the truth? Mm -hmm. Mr. Chairman, what you are asking is not a fact. You are asking about a reason, an opinion, and I'm not ready to share it. Commissioner, from our records, um, the IGP was a superintendent on the 1st of February 2003 and ACP 1st August 2006. So those were the two dates. Then DCOP, Deputy Commissioner of Police, 1st February 2010. Then Commissioner of Police, 15th August 2014. That's what I remember. So you have to system on the date. We have the fact sheets here. As well, we want him to correct the earlier answer. Yes, and your appointment was 1st January 2009 as ACP. Yes, 2009. Then he became DCOP 1st February 2017. Then Commissioner of Police, 1st April 2019. As for our record. Yes, Mr. Chairman. Did, did you. Did it, oh, okay. So you were made Assistant Commissioner by President Mills in 2009. That is not correct. Who was president in 2009? My assistant commissioner was not 2000. It was 1st January 2009. The promotion was done even before the elections by the effective date was 1st January 2009 when President Kupor was still the president. Because President Mills has not been sworn in. No, the, the clarification is important. You know, if we leave it, you can say it's 2009, we wouldn't know. COP, have you ever sent your CV to Chief Nagu? My CV was given to somebody who Bugle Nagu sent to come and collect for me. What was the purpose for it? Was it to, for him to uh, secure a job for you or to do what? The purpose was for him to go and lobby for me. To become the IGP, is that not correct? Yes. And it, it failed. How do you mean? And it failed. It failed? Yes. The lobbying didn't work. He wasn't successful. Of course. Okay. And, and, that that's, the, and that's not the first time lobbies <laughs> have failed. Because you started lobbying 
from 2017 to become my GP. Okay. Yes. Who started lobbying? I said some of us started lobbying. Okay. Oh, you? Not now. You? Long time, yes. You were commissioner in 2017? I wasn't. Maybe I have to tell them, it's not only commissioners who are appointed as IGPs. You mean the rank of assistant commissioner to commissioner, anybody can be appointed as IGP. No, but you'd agree with me that they would normally promote you to the next rank. They could do that again, but they would not, you would not be leapfrogged. Let's say you jump one position and is it common? It says, and I was since I was promoted from deputy commissioner to IGP. When there were commissioners. Okay. You see, our members, when you are in this territory, be careful. Most of you have never been commissioners before, so <laughs> that is a joke. That is a joke. And so at that time, you, you trusted Chief Noble as an honest person who can lobby to secure you such a big office. Is that not the case? That is so. Do you think he has changed? What do you mean? Do you think Chief Nabu has changed? Because today he has appeared before this committee and then under oath made some emphatic statements about what you discussed with him, including that the fact the admission of the fact that the audio in question now was taped by him, it was done by him and that the voices we are hearing are your voice and that of Commander Asare. And you said before this committee to indicate that that is not entirely true. And I'm asking, has the honest person you trusted some few months ago to do the lobbying for you, has it changed to be able to lie before this committee as you have already alluded to? Sir Chairman, that is obvious. Obvious that. What is obvious? You are saying that it has changed, and I'm saying that is obvious. It's, are you implying that it is obvious that Chief Nobu is not the honest person you thought to be? The chairman, Chief Bukri Nabu came to this committee, told a lot of lies including lying that he spoke to a certain superintendent whom he has never spoken to. Oh, no, 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 take your time, take your time. No, 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 no. Yes. Yes. Thank you very much, Honorable <coughs> Chairman. Commissioner George Alex Mensah, you know, before I ask you any question, I would first of all like to applaud you for 31 years of dedicated service to Madagana. From 1992 to 2003 as you are pending retirement. Just a very simple question to start with. Have you ever been an ADC in your police career before? Yes. You were ADC to who? 
was the, the ADC2 call, Kensen Aka, of blessed memory? Which party was in power at the time that Aka was vice president? That is the NDC. Listening to the tape, and let me quote you, he has never been a party member. Anybody who says so doesn't know him. This was the aide camp to the late president, Professor Atamils. This current IGP was the ADC to Professor Atamils. How can MPP party member become ADC to Professor Atamils? No way. Can you confirm this statement that it was made by you? Yes. Can you assist the committee to understand how an MPP sympathizer, you said you were an MPP sympathizer long before you even became a police officer, will become an ADC to a vice president under a National Democratic Congress government? The chairman, I was made the ADC to a when Konken Sayaka and President John Ajakumufo came together in the elections. Mr. Commissioner, so what you are saying is that to become an ADC to a president, you must be affiliated to the president's party, irrespective of which uniform you wear whether military police or what have you. Is that the understanding with your experience? That is my opinion. Just a second. COP. You've heard the name Obi Aqua in military circles because you are COP. You have. You recall that General Aqua was the chief of army staff when President Mahama was in office. Do you recall? Unfortunately, I don't. Well, let me suggest to you that General Aqua was the chief, chief of, of army staff under President Mahama and subsequently became the chief of defense staff Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. 
But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Are you surprised by this fact? Mr. Chair, which Obi Aqua are you referring to? He was chief of army staff from 20 under President Mahama. You know when President Mahama was in office as head of state and government. Then, after President Mahama, the same General Aqua became the chief of defense staff under President Nanadu Dankwa Akufado. Does that surprise you? Yeah, Mr. Chairman, are you referring to the OB Akwa, who was the ADC to the former president before? Correct. 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 And now, um, I promise. Ambassador to yes, Egypt. yes. Egypt. And after Kufor left, he was sent to the Kufiadan. He became. Absolutely. That yes. is the, 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 the trajectory yes. of his rise. But he never became the chief of army staff. Chief of. Never became chief of army staff. He was sent to Kufiadan. And when Nanabutu became the president, he became the chief of defense staff. That is not correct. What? Uh, maybe the facts could be verified later, but... Now, let me find out from you, uh, my dear colleague. What rank were you when you left the police service? Superintendent. Okay. Yes. The gentleman sitting over there is a commissioner. Okay. I just wanted to be sure. Yeah. Thank you very much, Chairman. I think that my primal spoke volumes. Thirty-one years' experience. I think that in this room, when we talk about law enforcement, he can be a master. So. When I'm asking questions, I'm sure you will help the committee to understand better and have a better perspective as we probe this matter further. Mr. Commissioner, I pick from the tape again. Dan Parry was a sergeant when I was assistant superintendent of police. He was a sergeant. Is that correct? The chairman, that is true. Commissioner Dunbar became a superintendent before you. Was that also correct? That is true. Is it surprising that Dunbar became a commissioner before you, therefore? In policing, it's not surprising. It happens always. So, Commissioner, when you said in the tape that it was NDC that promoted him commissioner. 
will you still repeat that statement? Or you think that because he was superintendent before you, it is natural sequence that he will become commissioner before you. It's not the matter of NDC, it's the system. Can you confirm that? So Chairman, what I said was a fact. Mr. Commissioner, can you come again? I don't get the answer. I am saying, if I may repeat the question. Dampari Ajibi became superintendent at the time, before you became superintendent. So at the time he senior you as superintendent, it is natural sequence that he will become commissioner before you, barring any difficulties, and it has happened. Is it strange? That is true. So, if you complain about the fact that he became commissioner before you, that is not fair. Is that right? I never stated that he became commissioner before me. I, what I said was that he was given the promotions during the NDC time. And that is a fact. I wasn't lying. I was just telling him the fact. Thank you, Commissioner. The policy guideline before the Ghana Police Service Regulation 2012, which you also enjoyed from 92 till we had a new policy guideline, it was in there that if you are a chartered accountant, your minimum rank should be a superintendent. I presume that was why Dr. John Tampari became your senior. Is that right? That is true. In the tape, you also said, they are always talking. They are always talking. Ah, the man knows that when President Mama comes, he will maintain him. Can you confirm that this statement can be attributed to you? The chairman, I cannot confirm. Can you confirm this statement also from the tape? NDC, they are all NDC. I told the General Secretary this thing that I'm telling you. Yes, he's aware. I told him. And you were referring to some police officer that you know they are NDC. Can you still stand by this statement as you are speaking on note? The chairman, I cannot confirm. Commissioner, do you know COP Mr. Yohono? Yes, I do, Mr. Chairman. As you believe that all of us are political animals and the, the constitution prevents us from being partisan in our dealings anytime we are in the uniform as police officers, is Yohono an NDC member? The Chairman cannot answer this question, but I don't know. Do you know ACP Abbas of the former police unit? Yes, I do, Mr. Chairman. With a lot of experience and working with many senior officers, including me at the time that I was there, can you confirm the political affiliation of Assistant Commissioner of Police, Mr. Abbas? Mr. Chair, I cannot. 
If I may pick it from the tape again, Yohonu, Abbas, all these strong NDC guys, they are all there. Do you think they will help us? They want their party to come into power. And Alaji says, Yohonu, it's NDC. And you said, hey, strong one. And Alaji came back, Abbas. And you said, ah. And Alaji asked, who is Abbas? Then you said, he is now the man in charge of FPU. And that was why he asked you whether you were also campaigning. And you gave a very loud laughter. Abbas and Yohonu, according to this statement, that they are NDC. Can you say stand by this statement? I cannot confirm this statement, please. Mr. Commissioner, please indicate us. I want to take the opportunity for you to help the committee. What is the essence of the police management board in police administration, POMA? Mr. Chair, the police management board is the board that assists the Inspector General of Police to manage the police service. Thank you. And I'm quite convinced you still have the history that the Police Management Board came out of the ashes of the Headquarters Management Advisory Board, which was merely an advisory body. Is that correct? I'm sorry, I didn't hear this question. Can you repeat it, please? The Police Management Board, PUMA, came out of the ashes of the Headquarters Management Advisory Board, HEMAP. So we move from HEMAP to PUMA. Is that correct? Mr. Chair, that is true. HEMAP was simply an advisory board. POMAP is a management board with the IGP as a chair. Is that correct? HEMAP was... HEMAP was just advisory. POMAP is a management board with the IGP chairing. Is that correct? Yes, Mr. Chair. Mr. Chair, I want to ask my commissioner. Can an IGP ignore the whole Puma and do anything he wants to do because he's the Inspector General of Police and the management board members will be silent? Yes, he can. And that goes to the question I asked initially. What is the essence of Puma? Mr. Chair, it's a police management board, and the head is Inspector General of Police. We are just an advisory body. As to whether or not he takes the advice, that is the IGP. Mr. Commissioner, you know that the police management board was established by law, and I know you are a lawyer. I, I, I am a baby. I am not getting any way closer to you. But the Ghana Police Service Regulation 2012 makes the police management board not an advisory body, but a body that assists the Inspector General of Police to administer the police service. And the IGP cannot, by law, ignore POMAP and function well. Am I right? You are not right. You say assist. You mentioned the word assist. If I want to assist you, you determine whether you take my assistance or not. It's not compulsory. 
that whatever I'm doing to assist you, you have to accept it. No. Mr. Commissioner, can you assist this committee with matters on election security? What is the right procedure for police to deploy for elections vis-a-vis -vis the fact that there's a statement in the, vid in the audio that says the procedure in Asinov was wrong? What is the right procedure, Mr. Commissioner? This question was asked, and I said, this, the answer to this question is a PhD issue. And these are security matters, and I'm not ready to discuss that here. Thank you very much, Commissioner. Um, Wait, let's, let's, Chairman. Yes. I think, given the nature of the COP's response to this question, maybe you would have to rule on this very issue so that if the committee would have a future engagement with the Commissioner, Within the appropriate, uh, uh, you know, setup where he can make the disclosures, then we proceed because we don't want it to pass that this special committee cannot grant him audience appropriately for the the, the, the disclo necessary disclosures to be made because at the end of the day, we owe it a duty to the people of this country to advise on reforms, if needs be. Yes. Yes. You see, um, all that is saying, the committee has the power to discharge him. So in discharging him, we need to take a quality decision about, if you like, in-camera engagements before his discharge. But because we have the power to summon him here, anytime, uh, you shouldn't worry at all. After the unfolding of the evidence, I'm tempted, I, I'm inclined to believe that he has to come back with us privately, but that would be done. So I wouldn't give a ruling now, but we all decide that it's not opportune to hear him privately. We'll go ahead and do it. My good man, do you have a long way to go? No. Okay. Okay. Very well noted, Chairman. Yes. Commissioner, you said in the tape and you confirmed here and you repeated that you can repeat it 20,000 times because that is a fact. The IGP is not correct. As a member of parliament and a former police officer, I'll be excited to always have a very correct IGP. If we have access to minutes of Puma, is it possible to find comment from you telling the IGP the things that he's doing wrong that you think that should be righted, and he ignored. Pumab. Minutes from Pumab, because he's a Pumab member. Thank you. Mr. Chairman, I don't know, because I don't have access to the Pumab minutes. But let's confirm this. Are you a member of Pumab? Mr. Chairman, for, for now, I'm not. But when you were active, you were? So I've, I've been a member of Puma for a very long time.
Thank you very much. So what it means is that if you ever made some comments, some suggestions to strengthen the IGP's role in internal security, and they are not captured in Puma minutes, you will be surprised. Is that right? Mr. Chairman, maybe you will have to call for the minutes of Puma and see whether those things are recorded. Or maybe it's only decisions that are taken that are recorded. Commissioner, I'm asking the question because of chain of command. That the vice president is the chairman of the police council. And as a member of POMAP, if you think that the IGP is not doing things right, I, by sequence, the next good thing to do is to seek audience with the vice president who is the chairman of the police council. Don't you deduct his right? That is your opinion. Okay. What is the right procedure in terms of complaints within the system? It's, 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 it's a regulatory matter. It's an administrative matter. What is the right procedure if you can indicate us? I am dissatisfied with things that are happening in the service. What is the right procedure? In our rules and regulations, there is no procedure like that. You have been a police officer before, and you know. Let's, I mean, bring proceedings, today's proceedings, to a close. Uh, Commissioner, with the greatest of respect, you need to come back tomorrow. Yes, because there are some residual matters that you need to come and complete before um, our good friend, Superintendent um, uh, Asari, who will continue. It is imperative that you come tomorrow. And I think that it will not be too long so that if you want to do anything in the interior or wherever, you'll be able to do it. Because I don't want a situation in which some of the members have some more issues to interrogate and because of the time constraints. And guess what? Uh, we've been here for some time. And it's also good for you and your council to reflect some more. And then you come and we continue. What I'm going to do is that um, the Secretariat will give you the transcript of the tape. I want the Secretariat to give it to you. We have no, nothing to hide. That is to say, if somebody was recording or typing out what was on the tape, that will be the transcript. So the secretary will give it to you. So council, wait and get the, um, the transcript. You were interested in the, our terms of reference, which, I mean, you can also have it if you, are, if you are interested. And then what else did you need that will let you aid your, um, your client for tomorrow? What else would you need? Mr. Chairman, I think it was about the tip. We, we, the, the committee will decide on it, and if it's very necessary, I mean, we'll fetch. If, if you assume that there's an original tape, we'll get an original tape and then we'll see. But whatever is of consequence to you, we'll give it to you. We will not hide anything from you at all. We are grateful. Yes. You know, you know that. Um, yes. Um, 
what um, Chief Bugri Nabu said, the transcript is ready, and you have a copy as well, what he, he said. Yeah. And um, that's how we go so far. But it's not ended. Because it might even be necessary that we bring the chief back. And then if there's a need... Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. For you to engage him and the rest of it will do it. Um, so pretend I have to apologize. But I think what you are hearing will prepare your mind sufficiently for tomorrow. So it's a blessing in disguise, you know? Uh, and then, then we'll see how you, you, you perform tomorrow. You, you've seen all the mistakes and the rest of it so that you can perform better tomorrow. That is On this note, Commissioner and your lawyers, we are very, very grateful that you are attended uh, upon the committee. And tomorrow, as I've given you my firm work, it will not be a long, stretch out engagement. We can tell it as quickly as possible and go and attend to other business. Council for sorry, I'm sorry you didn't have your, your day, but tomorrow when God gives us <coughs> when God gives us the strength, we'll be able to uh, uh, complete the assignment. So all that you need to fetch from the secretariat, have a little patience and fetch them, read them as we want, and then tomorrow we have a good day. So on this note, um, proceedings are adjourned to tomorrow, 10 a.m. in the forenoon. 10 a.m. in the forenoon. And uh, please, let's be very prompt, especially the, the, the witnesses, and then you can retire. I'm grateful to you for coming. Proceedings are accordingly adjourned for tomorrow. Thanks for staying with us. Uh, we've been enthralled by the testimony being given to the Committee of Parliament that is probing uh, the leaked tape uh, alleging a plot 
to oust the IGP. We've been hearing uh, testimony from one of the key personalities who confirms that his voice is indeed the voice on the tape. Uh, now, this is The Pulse. I'm so glad you've made time to stay with us. Uh, we've got to analyze what we've all just seen and heard. Uh, so, security analyst Adam Bonner joins us. And uh, it's a pleasure to have you this afternoon, um, Mr. Bonner. Yes, uh, thank you for having me, Kudu. Uh, mm. Now, fascinating insights here. You, you've seen the posture of a witness who uh, it stands by his convictions, is very sure of himself, uh, unwavering in his position, very clear on the questions he's willing to answer and the ones he will not answer. But bearing in mind all of this and putting it alongside what you heard on the tape, uh, does this matter uh, still retain the security implications that everybody was worried about at the beginning of this process? Oh, yes, it does. It does. Because then uh, I'm sure he himself confirmed uh, literally that uh, he's a member of the MPP, by extension, the UP tradition. He was asked whether he's a cloud bearing member. You know, the chairman of the committee uh, said, I'm sure he was going to say yes, because I know, uh, you know, I've seen some images where he was going to stand for, uh, you know, to be a parliamentary candidate of a sort. And so I'm sure uh, his answer, uh, if he said no, would have had implications. Uh, you know, when it comes to the party he belongs to, and if he said yes, would have also implications when it comes to sanctioning, because uh, you are, he sworn an oath not to lie, and if he did, it would be seen to be perjured. And you know he's on terminal leave. He's not coming back again. And so if he was to say yes and or no, the consequences, if it was a yes, the consequences would have been, uh, if he has to be sanctioned, uh, he might, even though he might not get his retirement and all those, he might be dismissed from the service. There are consequences because as a professional police officer, the law mandates you not to affiliate openly and publicly to any political party. You can, you can be a sympathizer. So you can see Honorable Atachia actually assisting him to answer that question. And so uh, I think so far so good, but he was literally very evasive, if you ask me. He was literally very evasive. Uh, he couldn't stand by some of, you could, he couldn't stand by the things that were uttered on the tape initially. But as they started asking him questions, he, you know, started opening up and, you know, giving uh, some definite, giving answers such as, yes, I, I can confirm, or he will say, I will not want to answer. Mm. Or he would say, uh, these are private matters, even though uh, the Honorable, uh, you know, Agaga mentioned to him that because this state has become a matter of public concern, a matter of national security and public concern, the bill has been taken, so it's no longer a private matter. He still remained adamant and said it is a private com conversation that was taped, and therefore uh, he's not going to answer uh, to whether he spoke to the uh, MPP general secretary and some of the things he did. Then, according to him, he did them behind closed doors. They went further to ask him, Did you? Uh, the things you said privately, can you publicly say them? Are they the truth? If they are the truth, uh, you know, privately, then they might, they should 
always constantly remain the truth, even if it's in public. It was very evasive when it comes to that. And so as far as I'm concerned, I think he, uh, looking at his demeanor, I was expecting him to, you know, uh, say it as it is. Mm. The, the way he, you listen to the tape, how bold he was when he was saying the things. I think in this, in this uh, you know, uh, particular uh, setting, I think he could have been much bolder. He should have mm. just said, yes, I did this, I said that, I said that, I said that. And so, and they asked him, he was ADC to, uh, uh, you know, uh, in, you know, uh, the former vice president under uh, Rawlings. Mm. Uh, and, you know, and you know how he answered that question. And so, uh, quite unfortunate to have senior officers, uh, you know, who belong to political parties and decided to do what they've done, could you? Mm. Now, he, he said quite blatantly that the earlier... Um, uh, witness, Bugri Nabu, told the committee lots of lies. That's a direct quote. Um, listening to him, does it cast any doubt in your mind over any part of Bugri Nabu's testimony? Not at all. Not at all. So you believe you that Bugri Nabu recorded this uh, conversation solely for the benefit of whistleblowing to the president? Uh, for that, I don't know. Uh, for that, it will be difficult for me to know uh, because, uh, according to Bugri Nabu, he recorded it to aid him to have a conversation with the president with regards to what these people are saying. But unfortunately for these people who gunned up, the tape seemed to have leaked before, according to Bugri Nabu, he sent the tape to uh, the president. Mm. But you know, his initial, his introductory commentary, he said that this is not the full version of the tape. So I was expecting, even though they asked him subsequently, but I was expecting them to push him. If he says it is not the full version, does he have a copy of the full version? Because then he seemed to be saying that he knows more than we are hearing what he uttered is more than we are hearing because he didn't say that what you have there is anything there that uh but he only said that this is an edited version and the committee and the chairman said that well as far as we are concerned this is all we have uh, but he said is edited edited means that could he be the one who recorded it mm. because the moment you say this is an edited version, but you seem to suggest that some of the things that were said in the tape, you don't remember them. Mm. Then where lies in, where are we going to, I mean, how truthful would you be? And which one would constitute the full version of the tape? Mm. So you, you can see he was evasive in one breath and not very candid and, and you know, trying to... Uh, belittle the recording and trying to uh, belittle Bugri Nabu. And as far as I'm concerned, if you listen to Bugri Nabu, Bugri Nabu, he said he doesn't have anything to hide. He mm. had, there's a reason why he recorded it and it was not to leak it, but mm. because the president would listen for evidence. And for us, we know that the president, even when it comes to corruption-related matters, he will tell you, bring me evidence. You have no evidence, don't come to me. Mm. 
And so mm. that seems to suggest that Bukri right. Nabu is more truthful. So mm. as far as I'm concerned, mm. uh, I think that uh, so far so good, but I think right. Honorable Atatia should have allowed the conversation to flow. One right. way or the other, he was... He was mm. uh, I mean, we want to know what happened because elections has... has security implications in this country that is a valid point a very valid point i apologize for having to to cut in but um, i'm i'm receiving uh, information that a live event has begun and we need to cross over for that mr adam bonar thank you very much for your time with us this afternoon um uh, but as we speak ndc is addressing a public forum called arise ghana um dr cassiel atoforson uh, who leads the minority in Parliament, is the one speaking right now. Let's go across and hear what he has to say. An additional 850,000 Ghanaians from middle class to extreme poverty. Their reckless mismanagement of the central bank also resulted in the loss of 60.8 billion Ghana cities, causing a negative equity of 55.1. They also illegally and unacceptably wrote off an amount of 48 billion Ghana cities of government debt, as well as other acts of financial malfeasance by the governor and his two deputies. These are the reasons why we are going to embark on hashtag Occupy Bank of Ghana March on the 5th of September 2023. Join us, join us, fellow Ghanaians, to make our country bold and strong. Thank you. Shall we give it again to the minority leader? Who are the economic mismanagement team again? One, the strategist. <laughs> Two, one problem, one bond. Okay. What? Yes, after that. Yeah. Number three, the printer and the two deputy printers. Indeed, they have wrecked this country. And when we say it like this, you may think it's a joke, but indeed, so many Ghanaians are suffering from the mess these people have created. From the hyperinflation they inflicted on us alone and how that wiped away the liquidity of the poor Ghanaian and the ability to even afford three square meals a day. It's indeed very sad and these people must not get away with this. And that is why we entreat you that on the 5th of September, come join us. Let's support the minority in Parliament to protest against this gross and reckless mismanagement of our central bank. On that note, I want to acknowledge the media houses again who are taking this coverage live, Weasel TV, TV3, TVSYZ, Pan-African TV, GH1, Metro TV, UTV, 
Power FM, Accra FM, and all the other social media channels that are taking this broadcast live. We want to thank you once again for your constant support for our programs. On that note, we are about to listen to a wrap-up. The economists have spoken. The lawyers have spoken. Now we are going to hear from the voice, the voices of the people. Ladies and gentlemen, comrade Chrissy Pratt, Jr. Well, dear friends, after the very elaborate presentation by the minority leader, there isn't a lot that anybody can say. So I'm going to say just a few things. And the first thing I like to say is that I have no capacity for stopping coup d'etats. <laughs> And I don't do things for which I have no capacity. I'm not going to stage a coup d'etat, but I cannot stop one. And that's the point I want to make very clearly. Those who want to spend their energy stopping coup d'etats, at a time of grave national crisis, like the one we live in, have a huge responsibility and I don't pity them, and I don't want to be with them. Friends, so much has been said about the conditions in which all of us as Ghanaians find ourselves today, and the conditions are dire. If we fail to do something now, today, this time, all of us are going down. So we need to see this as a crisis, as an emergency. And it is not just about the Bank of Ghana. What is happening at the Bank of Ghana is a symptom of the real problem. So as we focus attention on the Bank of Ghana, it's important that we focus attention on everything that is happening in Ghana. The statistics have been thrown at us. We know that today we need 128% of total national revenue to repay debt, to pay interest on debt, and to pay public sector workers. What else paints the picture of the situation in which we find ourselves today? We are dead broke. When we repay debts, when we service debts and pay public sector workers, we cannot buy a bottle of water. That is the state of the Ghanaian economy. But you know, friends, all of us have been here, all of us have heard the different arguments and so on. The Electoral Commission messes up. If you complain, they come and say, we are independent. Bank of Ghana messes up. When you complain, their refrain is that we are independent. All of these constitutional bodies, when they mess up, 
the excuse is that they are independent. Independent. We must apologize for losing the signal there. The NDC minority in parliament addressing an Arise Ghana gathering. Uh, the last person you heard speaking there was Kwesi Pratt, renowned Ghanaian journalist, uh, who was uh, summarizing his thoughts on the matter of the Bank of Ghana's governor's performance. Uh, now we can go live to parliament, where the chairman of the committee looking into the alleged plot to oust the IGP, um, uh, Mr. Samuel Atta Achia is standing by now uh, to speak to the press. Let, let's hear what he has to say. Certainly. You see, it is not every testimony which is for public consumption. Some testimonies and pieces of evidence might have national security implications. And therefore, in-camera hearing is one of the ways to, I mean, address a problem. So when we come to terms with that, why not? We invite him to give us in-camera uh, testimony. Is your determination conclusive in relation to the objections that were raised initially? You've indicated that they will turn in audio recordings to the effect to counteract what I mean these members of the committee said in relation to the objections about natural justice rules being breached and that these are people who've made prejudicial comments and because of that they cannot continue to preside over these matters. We will not stop them from tendering evidence which should aid what we are doing. Guess what? Even the members of the committee are not enemies of the witnesses at all or the people involved. And therefore, if you start doing what they call evidence gagging, then you are biased ab initio. That is why I said anything of consequence that they will need to aid what they are doing, they should give it to them freely. And they are about to do that. In the same token, if there is anything which is a sculpture of them and they have, the committee should look at it. And if there is plain bias about certain things, I've said one thing which is very important. I would not be the person trying to get biased members of the committee to mess them up. So I don't have the lenses of bias. But if they believe that the committee is not properly constituted, then it's above me. Because I'm not the one who constitutes the committee as a speaker. Yes. Thank you. So please, tomorrow we are coming. All right. And that was uh, Samuel Atacha. He's the chairman of the committee probing uh, the alleged plot to oust the IGP. Today, uh, they heard um, the testimony of Alex Mensah, who is a COP. Uh, his voice was on the tape, and he confirmed it was indeed his voice. Uh, these hearings will continue. This has been adjourned for the day, but they will continue with proceedings tomorrow. This is The Pulse. I want you to stay exactly where you are. We'll be back after these. That's true. It can store a lot of water. That's so true. Wow. It has a working surface it. Mm-hmm. That's so true. I can see S-I-N-T. Mm-hmm.
That is so true, my daughter. Well, it falls down into spoilers. That's not true. But why? Why? Syntex <laughs> was the first to introduce double layer tanks in Ghana. Syntex again was the first to introduce white inner layers in Ghana. Syntex gives you the biggest warranty seven years. No matter your water needs, Syntex is the answer. Syntex tank. Are you strong? Are you tough? Smile, hmm? Look lively, okay? Smile, smile. Is the money too small? A bad stomach ruins your day. Don't let it. Take Gastron, your most effective antacid, for the relief of symptoms of peptic ulcer, heartburn, gas pain, flatulence, and indigestion. Hey guys, what are you waiting for? Let's go, let's go. Mwah. Can you bring down the smiles more? <laughs> Gastron, effective relief from stomach discomfort. Manufactured and distributed by NS Chemist Limited. This advertisement has been written approved by... Hello there. To provide timely information and to explain educational reforms and to discuss school models and interventions, the Ministry of Education, in partnership with the Teacher Education Journal, presents to you the first ever education TV talk show, The Edu Talk Show. The Edu Talk Show keeps you informed and updated on trends in the world of education. The Ghanaian teacher is so versatile. Provide him the opportunity, train him, and that teacher will perform wonders. Where are the women? They are doing very well academically, but they're not in the sciences and all of that. So technology is missing a lot more women that they could have had. You need to tell the parents, at the moment, what you are getting is, is covering only an aspect of your child's education. And therefore, it's very difficult for you to make any decision with the limited information you have. We still have more to do mm. when it comes to safe school. Mm. So join us as we speak to our guests on reforms taking place in Ghana's education sector. My name is Blessed Suga and I am your host. Artificial intelligence, creativity and sustainability. Join this year's Africa Rising 6 brought to you by the International Advertising Association IAA at the Kempinski Hotel Gold Coast City as we uncover the power of building future-ready brands on 5th and 6th September. Speaker Sasan Saidi, World Chairman and President, International Advertising Association, Andrew Techiapia, Co-Founder and MD, ZPay, Letepu Machaba, Independent Business Leader, Former Vice President of Home Care, Unilever, Ivan Moroki, CEO Kanta South Africa, Guy Parker, Chief Executive, Advertising Standards Authority, United Kingdom, Steve Papaiko, CEO, Extreme Ideas, Sami Awuku, Director General, National Lottery Authority, and many more. This conference is sponsored by Margins Group, ZPay, Google, MTN, Goyle and NLA, Media Partners, CNN, Media General, The Multimedia Group, Graphic Communication Group, City TV and City 97.3 FM. Register now at www.africarising.iaaglobal.org for more information or contact Nanajwa on 0242-528-431 or the AAG Secretariat 0244-440477.
This is a prayer, which is very good. The first time was at Akramo. We got in and Amen started to read everything he sees in the room. Two-year-olds usually are not reading. They start reading around four. I can't explain how he is able to put all these things together. It's really a marvel to us ourselves. I didn't teach him anything of that sort. To sit one-on-one, no. Even if you have your device with you or you are doing something on your PC, he's so curious, he's interested in what is this. They teach themselves how to read. They teach themselves how to decode words and how to put sounds together. A man who has been able to stabilize a boat that is in turbulent waters after having served just one term. But for second term, he's finished. He can't come again. But they are working on reviewing the statutes to make, now make it three times. No, 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 no. That I would disagree with them. I will be the first to attack them. I will be the first. Then they want to behave like African leaders. If that is what is in his mind, then tell him he should stop it. Well, George Afri has, has, been, his he has, been, he has been there before. As vice president, not the leader. He was a co-pilot during Kwesi time. So that in itself, to me, doesn't qualify him now. What is happening now, if it had been years past, would have called for Kudita long ago. That's the point that, that I'm saying. Are you suggesting that the current leadership, the way they've led the country, years past, they were having a coup d'etat? Absolutely. Absolutely. Only a fool will not recognize. And a true soldier will know that, knows that. There are people who feel the same way I feel. Prior to the, the elections of 2016, you had a warning for Ghanaians. Would you say you have vindicated that you want Ghanaians not to give this government power? But Ghanaians went ahead and voted for them. Are you vindicated that we gave power to the wrong people? Welcome back. Now we can take you back to that NDC public address, Arise Ghana, and we can resume uh, with Kwesi Pratt, who was wrapping things up for the assembled group. We need the toughest of our men and women to wage this struggle. And the toughest of our men and women are who? The kebab seller, the truck driver and mate. The Uber driver. You understand? The Nika Nika operator. The truck bar operator. Those are the people who will bring the real change to Ghana. And those are the people who need to be in the forefront of our struggles for liberation from poverty and all. You know, my friends, <clears throat> all kinds of prescriptions have been put forward for national economic revival, for the solution of the problems that confront us, and so on. 
I want to repeat that those solutions have been proven to be useless and incapable of solving the problems that confront us. Why? What are the solutions? Devalue the city. We have devalued. As a matter of fact, between 1983 and now, the Ghanaian city has been devalued by more than 28,000%. It hasn't taken us anywhere. They say the state should not be interested in enterprises. More than 400 state enterprises have been sold. How many of them survive today? They are all dead. They said we should remove subsidies on social services. We have done it. We are still here. So those solutions don't work. The solutions put forward by the IMF and the World Bank only deepen our poverty and make us worse. So in this battle, we are not just fighting the current administration. We are fighting all those who aid them, who direct them, who supervise them. And that includes the World Bank and the International Monetary Fund. They are our enemies. They are our enemies. We cannot embrace them under any circumstance. Why? They serve definite interests. And in this struggle, it is our duty to reject bourgeois arrogance, bourgeoisie arrogance, bourgeois arrogance, the arrogance of the elites, those who think that what matters are the letters they write after their names, even some of them before their names. Bourgeoisie arrogance, those who see no good in the carpenter, those who believe that they are ordained to be masters forever, their kingdom is coming to an end. And the earlier they realize that, the better it will be for them. Here we are. And I have no doubt that many of you here, the majority of you here, if not all of you, are clamoring for change. In the next few months, you want to see change, Ally? Yes. You want to see change? Yes. Does it matter whether you are Shanti or from the Volta region or from the Central? Does it matter? So when you hear your leaders going around, mobilizing some of you to come and say that John Mahama must necessarily choose somebody from the Volta region as his running mate, are you happy? When you hear your leader say that me, I'm the one who can mobilize Ashanti, so choose me as running mate, are you happy? Are you happy with this stupidity? Are you happy with this reasoning which is holding us back? Are you happy when the Bank of Ghana is indebted? Bank of Ghana has lost 60 billion and some of your leaders are behaving like this. Are you happy? Are you happy that we are in this mess and we are being divided along regional and tribal lines as well. Let us all unite, unite. and do the do yes, in yes. order to take us forward. This 
this demonstration which is being organized. No doubt. The police will go to court. This is not the first time they are going to court. They've always gone to court. Felix is laughing. He knows. They've always gone to court on any excuse. Sometimes it's about the roots and so on. So what do you do? So what do you do? What you do is to apply your gumption. Apply your gumption. What you do, what do you want to do? You want to show that our people in their masses are fed up. They know that things are not going well. Alive? Do you want to do something beyond that? You want to send a signal that the people are not fools. They know the truth as well. Does it matter whether the police go to court or not? Do the do, man. Do the do. What is this? Look, every Ghanaian has a right to free expression. And no force on earth can stop that free expression. No force. It has never happened before and it's not about to happen now. Free expression will be defended with our everything, including our lives. Some of us did not spend all these years in prison to come out later in a so-called Fourth Republic to be told that you cannot demonstrate. Anybody thinking that they can stop demonstrations in this country must be living in cuckoo's land because nobody ever will be able to stop demonstrations in this country. Dear friends, I have an engagement somewhere. <laughs> I think I've already spoken too much. And I apologize for that profusely. But I wish you well. And I know that ultimately, all of us will realize the dreams of those who led the independence struggle in Ghana. And what are the dreams? That we should own our own resources. Our resources should belong to us. Our gold, our diamond, our bauxite should belong to the people of Ghana. That's not asking too much. That these resources should be exploited for the benefit of our people. That's not asking too much. That in the final analysis, we are the only people who can choose our leaders. Not an electoral commission. Not an electoral commission. We will choose our own leaders. And I am sure, absolutely sure and happy that what we have started in Parliament under the leadership of the minority and what is continuing in this room today will be successful no matter the machinations of anybody. Thank you all very much. Arise, Ghana youth, for your country, your nation demands your devotion. Let us all unite to uphold and make her great and strong. We are all involved. We are all involved.
And that's how things uh, are being wrapped up at the Arise Ghana Address, a public forum organized by the NDC. The last person to address it there was Kwesi Pratt, asking the gathered um, comrades to do the do, whatever that do may be. Now, this, of course, is all coming in reaction to a statement released by the police uh, regarding the permission sought, or well, not the permission, but the, the, the notification provided by the minority in parliament to stage a protest and a march to the Bank of Ghana to compel its um, governor to resign. Now, uh, we can go very quickly through the statement the police uh, issued, and it says... Under the heading, Police Update on Planned Demonstration by the Minority in Parliament, dated the 30th of August, which was yesterday. Uh, It says, one, following a security assessment conducted by the police regarding the selected routes for the planned demonstration by the minority in Parliament, it is observed that public order, public safety, and the provision of essential services may be endangered if the proposed routes are followed. The organizing parties were therefore requested to reconsider the proposed routes and destination of the protest. Regrettably, a mutual agreement on the selected routes could not be reached between the police and the organizing parties. As a result, the police, with the best interest of public safety in mind, have been left with no alternative but to seek legal recourse by approaching the court to determine the matter. Accordingly, today, 30th of August, 2023, the police filed an application at the court. We would like to assure the public that the police remain committed to providing the necessary security for individuals and groups as they exercise their constitutional right to protest. Now, this is uh, signed by Juliana Obing, who is superintendent of police and head of the Public Affairs Unit for the Greater Accra Region. So that's where we are uh, regarding the planned demonstration by the minority as far as the police are concerned. Now let's stay with the police. Uh, the police have arrested two suspected illegal miners alleged to be part of a larger group of Galamse operators at uh, Pachi number two in the Asante region. Now uh, the police, with the support of the local traditional council, raided the illegal mining enclave to swoop in on the miners. Now, there is more in this report. Excavators on six acres of land digging for the mineral ore. Upon sighting the police, the illegal miners took to their heels, but two were arrested. The Pechit Number 2 Traditional Council called in the support of the police to rid the area of illegal miners. Richard Nyantechi is secretary to the council. Illegal miners in the community were arrested yesterday. The chief prompted the police upon noticing the illegal miners. The police swiftly acted on it. When we got into their site, the police quickly got in and arrested them. We came across three excavators when we got there. They started working not long ago, but they have destroyed about six acres of land. Number two, 
ena oboya mani that means eh nimpesu ya nzono o monita huye pa ewo internet nusu bibi abe tofu muhubi ano wote boya mani ba diye kana se sanfu wani muhubi ya ene diye sineno viasi ni na bihu nenyia diye nzose nemkwani yedi sebi mano sisi ayako muni sana diya brave ya ano yababo home pembe because I want a hard out enye izese ubeko ushe yangu na nana mungu eni enasia enye izese kwa nubeti miyako ubeti ma pakeka ubeti nanti be six seven kilometers asana wote miyadrube biya omuye juma no. The traditional council has instituted surveillance over its land to ward off illegal miners. Then Ifahini of Pichin number two, Nana Kweku Amwakufo the second, applauded the police for the swift response. He called for the support of the community members in volunteering information to rid off illegal mining enclaves. The police wants Omaya Adie. Omaya declared to Sanibia, Nenenso, and Amo Motu, and Edebetu, Monomoso, and so on, Pichin. The police responded to the call quickly to rid off illegal miners. The fight against Galamse is difficult. We can't fight it alone. We all have to get involved. Our lands are getting destroyed. Our farms are being destroyed by these illegal miners. We won't survive if they continue to mine. Reporting for Joy News, Nana Boache Dankwa Yadom, Kumase. Let's stay in Kumase where the Asante Hene Otumfo Osetu to the second has in recent times destooled at least five chiefs for various offenses including multiple sale of lands, breach of traditional rules and engagement in illegal mining activities. According to cultural historian at the Menshia Palace, Ose Safo Kantanka, the unpleasant actions of sub-chiefs are sufficient enough for their destoolment. Now, he anticipates more of such destoolments, especially in relation to chiefs involved in illegal mining activities. Nanabwachi Adam once again has the rest of that story. Now, I'm not happy with chiefs in Amansia area where uh, Galamse has taken over the land, and I say to them that if you sit there and you claim that you don't know what is happening, then you are not fit to be a chief over there. Sure. So these are matters that we are going to take, take it up again. And I, and I don't care whose goals it is, because we have to enforce it. And I have to start with my chiefs first, and then government has to deal with the other ones. We all have to take matters seriously to be able to bring this to a closure. Because I, I cannot accept that. I'm going to take a drive around those areas in the Amansia to Mansung Kwanta area and all those things to see. I've gotten reports about what is happening. I'm going to do that. And if I, if I finish with that, all the chiefs around that area may have to answer to as to why that has happened. In this year alone, the Asantehini has destroyed five chiefs, though not all are related to illegal mining. The punitive measure is to signal to chiefs not to go against their oath to the Asantehini or engage in practices deemed inimical to the development of their communities. Cultural historian at the Mensha Palace, teacher Safo Kantanka, says the Asantehini has in recent times established laws prohibiting chiefs from engaging in illegal mining activities and the sale of lands to multiple people. The disturbment is not as if Asantehini gets up and then comes, gather people, and then say, 
this chief must be restored, that chief must be restored. Not long ago, a law was made that chiefs should keep themselves away from Galamse. And some chiefs have recently been restored for getting involved in Galamse. Safo Kantanka says the Asante Hine will not shell chiefs engaged in any act that goes contrary to the established rules and regulations of the Mensha Palace. Uh, when there is an instance when chiefs are trying to uh, turn their backs against their own states or doing things which will not augur well for forward movement of their states, then it requires their disturbance. And these things happen some of the time when uh, uh, there is peace and nothing of that, nothing bad is happening to divide or to destroy the chieftaincy system, we don't hear these things. So if it's found out that in the process you kept dying, nothing can save you. You'll be destroyed. In the coming days, the Asantim is expected to have a public hearing on chiefs involved in some detrimental practices. It is not a nine-way day wonder. It will continue because it has become part of the culture. The law has become part of the culture, and culture does not die that easily. Reporting for Joe News, Nana Brachidankwa Yadom, Kumasi. Now, as part of efforts to promote a sense of unity and collaboration among stakeholders and help address pressing challenges posed by climate change, the Director of Climate Change at the Ghana Forestry Commission, Rosalind Fuswa Ejei, revealed that Ghana should maximize enough finance in tackling issues concerning climate change. Now, there's more in this report. With a global initiative to promote a green Ghana and combat climate change, the 11th edition of the Ghana Garden and Flower Show has been launched. The Director of Climate Change at the Ghana Forestry Commission, Rosalind Fusua Ejei, revealed that as Ghana is about to attend the parties on climate change event, it is essential to maximize enough finance to tackle issues concerning climate change. So as um, Ghana prepares to be a part of the UNFCCC COP28 in Dubai, and as we've been all over the years, the focus is that we're able to capitalize a lot on the themes. So we should look at the different themes on nature, agriculture, food systems, food sustainability, and um, come up with um, the different engagement principles that can really get us the best. These conferences have happened over 28 years, and so many th things happen there. If you are not strategic enough, we can just go and come back um, as we went. But Ghana, as you heard from the World Food Program head as well in Ghana, we have already the policy we have the structures in place. We are now on to implementation. So as we go to COP28 in Dubai, what we really are looking forward to is how we can maximize enough finance to come and implement our NDC strategies. That's the National Determined Contributions. How can we implement all those different mitigation measures in there, the adaptation measures as well? That is our focus for going to Dubai. Manager of Marketing and Communication at Strascom Africa Sharon Inim stated that over the years the event has inspired visitors to plant and cultivate personal gardens which in return contribute to sustainability and economic growth. We had about 28,000 visitors. These visitors have been inspired by the Ghana Garden and Flower Show 
to plant and cultivate personal gardens. As they plant, they are contributing to environmental sustainability. Some are growing their floriculture-related businesses, generating employment, and contributing to national economic growth. As we plant and work in our gardens, we improve our health, and of course, flowers help to make our country more beautiful. As the bitters, presence at the events also shed light on how essential it is to ensure everyone contributes quota to the global agenda towards climate change. To soil, so it's from waste to wealth, right? Yeah, and this is also job creation. Look at this, we grow from imports. Basically, making farming very interesting so that you don't really need to have a big land to grow. And anybody can do any of this from your broken ports. You do everything right here in Ghana. Yeah, yeah. Because that's what we are trying to promote here. Yes. The event under the theme, Green Fusion, Collaborating for Climate Action, is not just a concept, but rather a call to action and a collective responsibility to combat climate change. For Joy News, Jacqueline and Sumar Iaboa. Now, an Accra High Court has ordered the special prosecutor, Kisia Jabbing, to unfreeze the discount, the account, sorry, of former sanitation minister Cecilia Dapa and return her property to her within seven days. According to the court, the OSP's act to seize the property in the matrimonial home of Cecilia Dapa and freeze her accounts lacks legal basis. Let's talk to Richard Kojunyako, who was in court and joins us now in the studio with details. Um, could you let, let's talk about this. First of all, what exactly was the special prosecutor's argument here? What was he seeking? Well, so according to the special prosecutor, they conducted a search in the home of Madame Cecilia Dapa and discovered 590,000 US dollars and also uh, conducted, went to the bank. So today they mentioned the two banks, Societe General and then Prudential Bank, and they found undisclosed amounts of money and so because they were carrying out investigation, they needed to, to also freeze the account. Mm. Now, per the OSP's act, when they conduct or they seize the property of someone and freeze someone's account, they need to go to the high court for the high court to confirm um, the freezing and then the seizure of the property. And so they suspect that the monies and the, uh, the, the funds they found in Madame Zisela, the past matrimonial home, and then the bank account, were suspected to be tainted property, and for which reason they wanted the court to confirm that. And so that is basically the case of the OSP. Right. And Cecilia Dapa's lawyers clearly countered this. What yes. was their position? So their position was that uh, the OSP has breached its own law. According to the law, when the OSP seizes the property or freezes uh, someone's account, they have within a maximum of seven days within which to go to the court to confirm. But they went to the courts on the 14th day, which is clearly a breach of their own law. And they also contest vehemently that the property acquired by Madame Cecilia Dapa, these were properties that were acquired before the, the woman even came into public office. And so they do not think that the property uh, that is in the possession of the woman is a tainted property. And so for which reason they told the courts that should the courts give, uh, give a blessing to what the OSP is saying, then it will amount to condoning lawlessness and illegality. And so that is really the case of Madame Cecilia Rapa. So where did the court settle 
on this. Well, so the court set down four issues for determination today. One was the issue of capacity. So when they filed the application processes, it emerged that it wasn't the OSP that actually signed. And so it was someone in the office that also was authorized to do so. But the court said that the argument or the objection by Madam Zilada Pass lawyer was far-fetched. And then, and so it, it threw up that argument. The second one was um, why uh, the condition precedent for the seizure of the property in Madame Cecilia de home, and the court found that uh, they didn't meet the threshold. Also, the court took time to take um, the, the, the proceedings through why they didn't really meet the condition precedent. And the third one was the bank account as well, that they, they found it absurd that the OSP would go ahead and then freeze the account when investigations had not even been concluded on that matter. And so by so doing, the OSP, uh, the courts actually decided to give or ordered the OSP to within seven days return the seized property to Madame Cecilia Dapai and unfreeze the account. Have there been reactions from either side? Well, so it was a virtual court hearing, and so, but uh, we saw Madame Cecilia Dapa, her lawyers, as well as the special prosecutor and their lawyers and all of that. But you could not see clearly whether someone is frowning or smiling. And so uh, that was really what we saw when we joined the meeting virtually. Right, okay. Any options available to the special prosecutor or indeed Cecilia Dapa at this point? What's the next move of either well, party? So the next move, I suspect, will be that um, because the next of the case of the OSP has been broken, they can actually go back and do the right thing stipulated in law that the law allowed them to do. So if they're able to meet the condition precedent uh, to seize the property, I think that law will allow them, them uh, that space to do that. And, they, and so the, the court actually said that per section 40 and section 32.2 of the OSP's own act, it can meet these conditions and be able to come back. Thanks, as always, for that uh, insightful update. Richard Kojinyakon was in court for us today following the Cecilia Dapa case uh, brought by the Office of the Special Prosecutor seeking uh, confirmation for their seizure and freezing of her accounts and assets. Now, in Ghana, a little over 14 million people are multidimensionally poor uh, with uh, limited access to education healthcare, and other key social amenities. They're speaking at the 25th anniversary lecture of the Send West Africa lead researcher for the lecture, Dr. Esther Abwaji, called for the institution of policy frameworks and careful planning of civil society organizations to address the disadvantages of poverty in this country. Now, uh, there's a little bit more. Let's watch this report. It is estimated that over 9% of the world's population fall below the poverty line which translates into It is estimated that over 9% of the world's population fall below the poverty line which translates into over 730 million individuals across the globe. In Ghana, a little over 14 million people are multi-dimensionally poor with limited access to education, healthcare and other key social amenities. Speaking at the Sengana West Africa 25th Anniversary Public Lecture, researcher and former executive director of the Institute of Local Governments, 
Ladies, Dr. Esther Ofei Abwaje has called for an increase in advocacy for marginalized individuals. These individuals, she believes, are highly disadvantaged and may fall below the global poverty line. She called for the establishment of agencies to oversee and ensure accountability within civil society organizations as a crucial step in addressing this issue. Even though concepts of poverty have been largely around income poverty or monetary resources and access to basic needs and uh, those related issues, the efforts to adopt a multidimensional approach provides us with a more complete picture of poverty for households, communities, and countries. For instance, until the late 2022, the global poverty line was $1.90. And then in the last quarter of 2022, the World Bank updated the poverty line from $1.90 to $2.15. In Ghana, the, it was estimated that if we are using the $1.90, then about 2.9 million Ghanaians live, uh, should be considered to be living in that poverty. And the majority are in the rural areas, um, about 2.8 million of them. If we take a multidimensional measure to, uh, to assess this, using a capabilities approach, then we have to also think about the fact that about, I think, a recent assessment by the statistical service indicates about 45.6% of our population could be considered multidimensionally poor using such issues as the lack of health insurance coverage, uh, nutrition, school lag. For the years, even though there have been considerable pro-poor investments which have reduced, resulted in reductions in multidimensional poverty over time, there are still some big, big issues to be dealt with. Uh, for instance, we still have a lot of work to do around our, the northern part of this country. In her bid to reshape both the corporate and civil society arenas, Dr. Esther Ofei Abwaji underscored the critical need for a thorough re-evaluation of the nation's corporate law statutes. She pointed out that even though not always highlighted within the political sphere, the efficacy and vitality of a political party are intricately linked to the active participation of women. Strategic communication has been important to send through all means to all concerned as essential. They also have learned and have taught us that you build relationships and partnerships, but it requires time and careful nurturing. It's not, it doesn't work with speed or sprout overnight. All right, now time for us to cross over and have a conversation with our partners at DW. Germany has accelerated its plans to withdraw its troops from Mali, aiming for the end of this year. Now, German media are reporting that the exit might not be so clean cut. Locals who have helped German forces say they fear retribution. Let's get more on this from William Glucroft, uh, who's a reporter with our partner at Deutsche Welle in Berlin. So, William, tell us, what do we know about this letter from Germany's local support staff? 
Well, this is a letter that apparently was sent to the Bundestag, the German parliament, and other elements of the German government back in July, but it's coming to light now, first reported by the German magazine Spiegel, and it's signed by a handful of translators and interpreters on the ground, uh, locals in Mali, saying they fear for their lives, they fear, for rec they fear retribution once German forces leave at the end of the year as part of the winding down of a UN peacekeeping mission there that has tried and failed to stabilize the country and protect the democratically elected government there for many years. German forces were there uh, for a decade or are, have been there for a decade. And they say once the German forces leave, what happens to them? What's the plan? How will their security and safety and well-being for them and their families be assured? And that is something that they are very worried about uh, and German officials are looking into. No doubt. Now, how have the German authorities responded? Well, decidedly mixed. Of course, the military has come out and said they are aware of their responsibilities to local support staff that have been supporting both the military and humanitarian aid groups, uh, both German and otherwise, international forces there, um, that they will do their responsibility to make sure that they are taken care of. But And, and, and there's been uh, individual parliamentary members, uh, other policymakers who have said that it is the ethical and moral duty to make sure that these people are looked after. But there's really nothing specific in place. The German uh, government is playing it down a bit by saying uh, this letter only represents a small handful of the total number of local support staff that have been there uh, supporting German forces and German operations in Mali. Um, and so there's a number of uh, options on the table from, you know, making sure that they're well see seen after in terms of financially taken care of, uh, everything up to getting them out of Mali and bringing them to Germany. But we are a long way from that actually happening. William, what is it about the situation in Mali that makes it so precarious, both for locals there and for German policymakers? Well, for locals, of course, is much more clear. The, 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 the danger is much more clear and present. This is basically a failed mission, uh, not only for Germany, but the United Nations, the international community overall. They've been trying to stabilize this country, uh, protect the democratic, democratically elected governments over many years. Um, there's now, since uh, several coups, basically be, they, these forces have become persona non grata. The country's become much more Russia-friendly. Uh, and at the same time, so-called Islamic State or actors related to the so-called Islamic Islamic State uh, have been destabilizing the country, especially in rural areas, and causing a lot of harm and, and fear through the population. Uh, and that is what German forces, part of this UN mission, are leaving behind. This is going to be their legacy. And that is what is tied over, of course, to problems for German policymakers. This is not a one-to-one -one comparison to what happened to Afghanistan, but the experience in Afghanistan is a sensitive spot for Germany, having been the largest contributor of troops in Afghanistan after the United States, uh, and being really left to deal with thousands and thousands of local support staff in Afghanistan who needed help and have had their lives at, at risk. And so the question is, how do they take those lessons learned and those failures in Afghanistan to apply them to Mali so the same thing doesn't happen there? Now, albeit Mali is a much smaller operation, much fewer people here are are at risk, but nonetheless, that sore spot is there, and German officials want to show that they've learned their lessons from Afghanistan, that they are going to tread much more differently, much more carefully in a place like Mali, uh, but time will tell if that actually is the case. William, thank you for dialing us into this situation in Mali. That's William Glucroft uh, from our partners, Deutsche Welle.
Listen, this has been great. I'm so glad you spent the afternoon with us here on The Pulse. I can't wait to do it again with you tomorrow. But until then, we don't leave you empty-handed. Go to myjoyonline.com for all the latest headlines and stay exactly where you are. After these messages comes LTS. Have a wonderful afternoon.